Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, May 3rd, 2020, we continue our series titled, Live Different, the Sermon on the Mount. Today's sermon, Knowing the Character of God, will be taught to us by Pastor Bob Wade out of Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Enjoy. Hey, good morning, church. The passage we're looking at this morning has some really good news in it. Well, it's good if you want to know God better deeper. You see, the main thought here is that Jesus wants us to know Him, His will, His plan. He wants us to pursue Him, and when we do that, we'll discover that He's really good. You see, when He spoke the Sermon on the Mount, He began talking, first of all, about true happiness. He used the word blessed. Now, it wasn't the type of blessings that you and I would think of normally. It wasn't stuff like you know, wealth and, and health and those types of things. He actually talked about heart's attitudes. Then he talked about our responsibility as believers to be influencers, to be salt and light to a lost world. And then he talked about our need for a righteousness that's beyond the law, something that we couldn't produce ourselves, and that this righteousness needed to be something that had to have right motives in it. We had to do it for the Lord. We couldn't do it just so that people would notice things about us and think that we were spiritual. You know, Jesus talked about prayer, and he talked about the, the fact that when we pray, that we ought to uh, really seek God's will. We ought to call for God's will, just like it's done in heaven, to be done here in our lives on earth. He talked about the fact that we should ask God for our daily bread, not a storehouse full of, of things. This is really radical kind of a message. He says, I don't want you to lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and seal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. He wants us to start trusting in Him and stop judging other people. The Sermon on the Mount is a call to live different. That's why we made this title that way. It is predominantly aimed at Christ followers, believers in Jesus. And yet when you read through it, you'll realize that there are times in the passage that there were people that were in and among the church that actually probably identified themselves as believers, but they really weren't. They weren't interested in building His kingdom. They're interested in building their own kingdom. That would be a problem. That's why this passage here in chapter 7 verses 7 through 11 is so important. Because see, this passage is not about personal gain. This passage is about knowing Jesus. In fact, if you go back to chapter 6, verse 33, which I think is the key verse in all of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus stops and says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. If you go to that verse right there, and then you read just at a normal pace, right through chapter 7 through verse 11, the end of the passage we're talking about this morning, it takes like 30 to 32 seconds. This is one conversation this is not something done over a period of days or weeks. If you read it in context, you'll get that. If I don't, then it's very easy for me to look at a passage like this and look at it almost as the golden ticket, like I can ask God for anything that I want. You know, years ago, a father of a student that I was discipling at the time believed that whatever he asked for, if he asked for it in Jesus' name, he was going to get it. And so he would quote this passage a lot. He literally thought that this was the golden ticket. This is the key to health and wealth. And so, as was their custom as a family, being a Christian family, they would pray over their meals. 
and he would ask God to bless their meals. And then one time, he got sick. He got food poisoning. And I mean, it really shattered them. And he really suffered a crisis of faith to the point that he even began to question whether he was even a believer. This was a good man. This was a God-fearing man. He was just reading the scriptures out of context. I remember having this conversation with him. I says, is it possible that the meat just wasn't done well enough? Or maybe the salad wasn't you know, washed well enough? And his response was, well, it doesn't matter because I prayed over it. I prayed in Jesus' name. You know, if you read this passage out of context, it kind of does look like you know, the golden ticket, the sky's the limit. You can ask for whatever you want and God will give it to you because he said he would. The problem here is wrong context, wrong interpretation. See, Jesus, if you remember, has just been talking about laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven, not on earth. So wouldn't it just seem just a little bit ridiculous for him just to simply stop and say, hey, look, remember that thing I said to you 30 seconds ago about not laying up for yourselves treasures? Forget all of it. Just go ahead and ask for whatever you want, and I'll just give it to you. It would be totally wrong. The context here, remember, coming off of Matthew 6, is we're supposed to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to us. This is about us seeking God. The question is, do we really want to know God? And if we really want to do that, these verses are going to tell us how we're going to do it. Follow along with me as I read Matthew chapter 7, and we'll read verses 7 through 11. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and to the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So the first thing you're going to see here is you see the call to know him. Verse 7. And he tells us two things here. He First he gives us an invitation. Ask, seek, knock. But he also gives us an imperative because it means much more than that. We're not just to ask one time, we're to keep asking, and then we're to keep seeking, and we're to keep you know, knocking. We're not to settle spiritually. So many people do that. So many people have as their spiritual goal in life, look, I just want to get into heaven. That's kind of shallow spiritually. That's almost like saying to God, I'm not really all that interested in knowing your heart on these things and knowing your mind and knowing where you're coming from. The truth is God wants us to know him. He wants us to take the time and the effort and the sacrifice and the discipline. And did I say time already? Time is probably the most important gauge of our spiritual life. Time with him is the only way we're going to get to know him. Time on our knees in prayer, time in the Word with Him is the way that we're going to know Him. The truth is, what I give my time to, I serve. Jesus here asks us, He says, ask, ask, and the promise is it will be given to us. Then He says, seek. Seek leads me to think that this knowledge is not just cheap stuff lying around someplace. It's not just on the ground or on the trees. We have to hunt it out. And that brings up a really important question. Is it really important for me to know God deeply, to know His heart? Seeking is the pursuit of God. It tests our desire. 
That's why in Jeremiah 29, verse 13, he says, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek with all of your heart. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17 says, those who seek me diligently find me. See, this is about our earnestness, our sincerity. Truthfully, it's about our motives. I mean, do I want God to, to save me? Of course I do. Do I want Him to rescue me from hell? Absolutely I want Him to do. But I also want to know Him. I want to know the Creator of all things. I want to know the one who knows me, who knows my heart. He wants us for that for us. What Jesus is saying here is when we pray, when we seem to get no simple answer just by asking, then we're to go further, we're to seek. And if, and if seeking doesn't do enough, then we're to go even further, we're to be persistent, and we're to knock. The idea of knocking is you're trying to get someone's attention. Something simple, you know, it's not going to work here. We've got to keep going further. Maybe I do need to spend some time, you know, uh, fasting before the Lord. Maybe I need to spend some time where I just sequester myself away and spend time seeking God out, spending time in the Word so I could know Him better. I've got to do this. i got to stay after it until I can get God's attention or probably better theologically. God gets my attention. Now, you get to verse 8 and you're going to get the second thing here. And that is, you see, God's promise. Let me read verse 8 again. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. So verse 8 is going to tell us three things here. The first thing it tells us here is the person who prays does get an answer. You know, so many people struggle with that. They think, well, I, don't, I never hear an answer. It's possible the answer is no. Or maybe the answer is not yet. You haven't come far enough yet. The second thing you see here is there's an earnestness in prayer is rewarded. The one that seeks actually finds. The third thing here is perseverance is going to get God's attention. I love what he says there in verse 8. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. The one who is persistent. So we are to keep praying. We are to keep seeking God. You know, too many people ask God for something, and when they don't hear in the time frame that they feel that is right, they don't think that God is sufficiently answered, they basically just walk away, back away, and say, look, He doesn't care. Uh, he, he's not interested in what I'm praying about. And in fact, you'll hear people say to the point, I don't even know if He's there. He didn't even answer, all because God didn't answer in the time frame that I allotted as that should be enough. Or he didn't answer in the way that I thought he should have answered. Look, the truth is God is not a genie in a bottle. He is not the concierge of heaven. He is the sovereign God of the universe. He wants our hearts to conform to his. He is calling us to live in obedience to him, not him to us. If he doesn't answer right now, He's calling us to seek deeper. He's calling us to grow deeper. He's calling us to take this relationship to a much more deeper level. You know, perhaps you've been wrestling with something difficult in your life and you want God to step in and make it so much easier and yet God just seems to, to, to not do that, not to answer in the way you wanted it to be answered. Is it possible that God sees this as an opportunity to shape your character? Because that's how he does. You know, many times when God wants to create a culturally sensitive servant capable of loving others through a difficult situation, he lets us go through the situation. Paul talked about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, when he said this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our afflictions. And then he tells us why. 
so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort that we ourselves are being comforted by God. God lets us be afflicted at times so we can comfort those who are in afflictions. The third thing that you see here is the reminder of who God is in verses 9 through 11. Let me read that to you one more time. Verse 9 says, Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? In this passage, both God's character and our character are on display. And he says something interesting in verse 9. He says, if a child asks for bread, a father's not going to give him a stone. Well, I mean, why would he? I mean, a stone would be cruel, right? I mean, if you took a stone and you bit into it, it'd break your teeth. Then in verse 10, a child, if he asks for a fish, his father's not going to give him a serpent. A serpent here would have been like a snake or an eel. I mean, both of those things would be dangerous. No, what Jesus is saying here is not even, not even our, an earthly father would do that. And God is far and away more loving than any earthly father. God is good. He's not going to answer our prayers with things that are cruel or things that are dangerous. If we ask and we seek and we persistently knock, what God has for me is so much better than we could receive in this lifetime. Then in verse, 12, verse 11, he answers that again. He says, if we who are evil... Evil meaning sinners, imperfect people, know how to give good gifts so much more than does God, who is perfect, give good gifts to us. Now, there are three truths here. First one is, you and I are not perfect. Now, if you've come to faith in Jesus Christ, yes, we're justified, we've been sanctified, and we even ultimately will be glorified with God in heaven, but we still live in this life, we still live in the flesh, and that means we're not perfect yet. The second thing is, God is perfect. The third thing is, He cares about us. He cares about what's going on in our lives. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 15, He even compares His love for us to a mother with a newborn child. When He says this, Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, and yet I will not forget you. God is saying, look, I love you even like this, but more. Here's the thing, God's gift doesn't necessarily correspond to what the world asks when they pray. It may not be what you ask for when you pray. It may not be success, it may not be uh, wealth, it may not be blessing or comfort or all those things that we typically pray for. The thing is, what God's gift here is, is Him. He wants you to know Him better. He wants you to pursue Him. He wants you to want Him like he wants you. Do you want that for you? Let's stop and pray for a minute. Ask God to put that desire to know Him, to want Him, to walk with Him inside of you. Would you pray with me? Father, we pray that our hearts would be in line with You. That even this morning, God, that we would seek You. That our desire would be for You. That we commit and we'd fulfill that time requirement that we just need to build that relationship with you. And God, I pray that you'll bless them in that, Lord. Make them diligent. Make them persistent. To not only ask, but to seek and to knock until we get on the same page, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
Church, it's really important that we spend time with the Lord. Whatever you spend time with is what you serve. If you really want to walk with God, you're going to need to spend some time in His Word. You're going to spend some time on your knees. You're going to spend some time simply listening to what God has to say to you. It's a good thing. You're going to find out that God is really good. Go out and do that this week. God bless you all. I love you all.